0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the College Football Fantasy podcast presented by Rotovis. I'm your host stefan lecoe and i am joined as always by matt wispay matt you are coming off a nice nice week before we jump into that though uh how the hell are you man
2: i'm good i'm a little tired right now it's been an interesting oh, day but
1: yeah it's been weird have... here too it's like all overcast and gray and rainy and i'll oh, see that's, that's I'm just
2: like... ohio though so
1: i'm used to that. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: that's true uh what are you drinking that looks delicious it's a uh, Rheingeist Truth, which is okay. a uh, local brewery.
1: Nice. I am drinking a LaCroix uh, Mousse. I'm huh. trying to stop drinking during the weeks um, because I've gained a lot of weight since tearing my calf skiing months ago and uh, not being able to exercise. And like, man, something's got to give. So I'm finally exercising again, so I need to get a little bit more healthy. So
2: I am drinking a seltzer. Well, this is my first beer in like a month so oh, shit I don't drink that much
1: yeah well we uh, there was a time where uh someone were, like was talking to me on the dms on in twitter and was like hey do y'all like intentionally crack open a beer every episode and I was like oh no I think that just kind of happens sometimes
2: <laughs> um because for yeah, a while there kinda... we were
1: drinking every episode
2: yeah that was pre-kid for me <laughs>
1: yeah, that's uh, that's fair That is fair. Well, let's talk a little bit about your week. Um, I don't want to talk too much about mine. It was a pretty shit week for me as far as my pregame bets go. And even DFS, uh, not great. Um, But you, sir, had a lovely, lovely week.
0: Uh, I mean,
1: yeah, just kind of walk me through where where you felt like you were seeing stuff right and
2: what it might mean moving forward. um, We talked about we've I feel like I've now spent the team of this podcast, at least on my end, is apparently BYU. Um, I continue to talk about them. Um, I got really scared about my BYU money line pick last week when the Puka Nakua, um, and Gunnar Romney, uh, injuries were like formalized that they were going to be out, but I'll be honest. I just, I think they're just a good team. And yes, I think that you can make a case that, um, Baylor should have won that game, but I can also make the case that BYU should have never gone to overtime. Um, or kick or miss kicks and that was meaningful. Um I really like Christopher Brooks on that team. I think he's really talented. I think he's kind of just forgotten because he transferred from a, par- a power five school to a um, not even a group of five to an independent kind of lower tier program. And he's
1: like, isn't he also like a he's like a fifth fifth year player. He's um, he's not from Cal. Yeah. Yep. But that doesn't mean he can't still be very, very good.
2: But I mean he was productive over at Cal. He had uh two years with over five hundred rushing yards. He was productive in the receiving game. I think he's, he's quality for whatever level they're going to be. So I'm, I'm just a big fan of that team. And I think I'm, I'm going to be okay with however they, uh, whatever team they roll out. Um, I mean, I was way off about Virginia because I thought Virginia was going to outright Illinois. And then they kind of got smoked. Yeah. Um, I want to
1: actually talk about Virginia a little bit because they are the reason um, I didn't, why you do drink that well in DFS. <laughs> no, I'm not drinking. Remember, mm. um, like because I had a lot of Brennan Armstrong, I was very excited about. Uh, w- but man, um, with an eye gone, that offense does not look the same. Um, and are you kind of um, adjusting your view of Virginia moving forward, or do you think that was like a one-off? Because I'm adjusting moving forward.
2: They are. Let's find out where I have them. Uh, I I mean I I definitely adjusted them. They're not a team that I really see super highly anymore. But they are my... I always was sort of middle of the pack on them. I'm just now really curious where they fell. Yeah, they're my 72nd ranked team. Um, they were really buoyed by offense. But right. their offense and defense, which basically the way that I calculate my like baseline score is it's effectively offense minus defense. So if your offense is really high and your defense is really low, your team's awesome. If you're... Uh, defense is really high and your offense is really low, then your team sucks. Um, And they're basically like a slight negative team on that front. And the baseline S and P plus that I use to kind of like band, kind of like keep them within a range. They're effect. They're like basically middle of the road zeros. So, I mean, we're talking about a team that's really middle of the road. So I, I mean, I still don't think highly of a team like Illinois. And I think that that's the type of game they should be able to hang. But yeah, it wasn't, that was a, a rough outing. And I'm not, I would say I'm hesitant to throw them in lineups until we start to see really productive offense, like DFS lineups. I, I don't think Brandon Armstrong's a full fade because he still gives like, I feel like he gives a fair bit of rushing production. Um, but I would say they're not one that I'm like, he's usually going to be top of the board price range and I'm probably going to stay away for a little bit.
1: Real quick, moving forward, can you lean back a bit because you're coming in real hot?
2: No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um but yeah I, I'm I'm with you with Virginia. I'm I'm disappointed. The other one I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on is a team that is actually going to be playing one of the teams that has got the most um kind of what's the word I'm looking for People have been talking about Texas A&M an awful lot. They're about to play Miami. Miami is who I want to talk to you about because you have them rated, had them rated very, very high last time we recorded. Curious where you are with them now. Curious what a Texas A&M result, like if they can get the W, um, I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, Would that bolster? I mean, obviously it would bolster, but would, would it prove you right? Or are you not even expecting that from them quite yet? Because I remember you
2: had them like top five last week. Miami? So I did a lot. I did a fair bit of adjusting um, after our show and then not like aggressive adjusting, but like I started adjusting for schedule. Um, So like offensive scores now have an adjustment based on like how strong your schedule is. Defense has a slight adjustment based on how like good the defense or how good of offenses you're playing. So I'm trying to take that into consideration. And then I'm also just doing like um, some win adjustments. So like if you have a second order win, of like so if your post game win expectancy on games is like 75%, you don't get the same credit that you would if it's 100%. So I'm trying to take some of that right now. Um this is going to sound weird. On a neutral field, I would have AM favored against Miami. Um it's a lot, but they're very buoyed by talent because that team is just absurdly loaded with talent. Um oh, yeah. and it's buoyed a lot by their and then by their defense. Their defense, regardless of what you want to think about their offense, and let's be clear, their offense is bad. Um, As bad as their offense is, their defense is genuinely awesome. So I think they're going to be a challenge for a lot of teams. So as much as like, I know everyone, thought. I mean, they're nine and 10 in my rankings or my rating right now. Number nine is Texas A&M. Number 10 is Miami. Um, So Miami did fall, not because of like really anything last week. It was more of just, they fell because I started to tweak. I started to lean a little bit more into like this year's adjusted based on like who they're playing based on uh, s p and P plus ratings. So it's, I don't know. I didn't feel, this was one where like that line when I, when I first saw it came out, my first reaction was, Ooh, I'm going to go beyond Miami. And then I went and actually sat down and looked at it and was like, all right, well,
1: Maybe not. I guess, <laughs> I
2: guess I'm not. I guess that's not a team I'm going after this week. But I mean, if you look at it, Miami's just played. I mean, the I worst. Know. Yeah, the worst of the worst schedule. We don't um, know what conclusions we can make just yet. <laughs> like, and that, their offense, for as as much as like, if you look at their offensive production right now, it's really good. I don't think anyone should be like they're not if anyone's expecting them to go run up the score against this AM defense and turn this game into a shootout, I, I just don't know that they have that ability. Um, and so it, that's kind of why I, in this game it's this one was a full fade for me. I think I have the line um, almost spot on what the number is. Um, I, I have it.
1: I, I'm definitely not putting uh, like a full unit on it, but I'm definitely going to be putting something on it. pre game. Just, I don't know what yet. Honestly, I'm not on this game yet either, but just because it'll make it all that much because I don't like, really, I'll probably put money on Miami just so I can root for them because I don't really like the Aggies. And I
2: used no to be, uh, the Aggies.
1: I like Willis, I used to love Willis McGahey. So, um, so, yeah, so
2: yeah, yeah I have up. AM minus three in this game. So, yeah, I, I, it definitely is one where I would, I'm with you. I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm scared because you, you have to imagine that Jimbo Fisher can't have back-to-back embarrassing losses particularly not uh, i mean at home so yeah this is that's one that i see as kind of a full full avoid and maybe miami will come out and just be that that team i thought they were so if they do that'll help their uh they're gonna boost a couple of spots probably just based on all of a sudden their um their strength of schedule will improve
1: oh yeah for sure uh Let's see. Anything else you want to talk about from last week or anything you're excited about from this week or this week. I will say it's a shame UMass isn't playing because I'm I'm 2 and 0 on uh, on UMass. Now they I, they do I did look. They play Stony Brook not this weekend but next weekend. So I'm
2: I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Well, so I guess with the UMass Stony Brook, but I'll have a play for sure. We do have to mention some of the like the big stories, I guess. Um all the I mean I'll quickly run through them. The Anthony Richardson hype train dead. Um, I know he, he won and lost a Heisman within a week. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's dead. Um, he's, the, he's actually the, not dead. He's alive. His, his value is dead. But thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I still think he's, um, he has the potential to be an awesome quarterback and as a guy that agreed, agreed shouldn't right write off for like Debbie purposes. um, What's the other team? Oh, Alabama. The mystique of this Alabama season where this looked like coming into the year like it was going to be potentially Nick Saban's best team. And if they don't get their offensive line figured out, nope. That team's going to struggle if they don't get that offensive line figured out because Texas ate them, all, ate them alive. Um, That's really it. Uh, other than Iowa and Iowa State under, I mean, was there ever, <laughs> yeah. was there ever any doubt? Oh, um, man. I did so, play that one. Uh, actually, yeah. no, I played.
1: I played it a little different. I just played um, the under Iowa team total. I stole that one from the V yeah. one. But Elliot, um, so well,
2: he was a cat. I, like I just played the under. Um, no, I fine. think. I mean, it's more, fun, it's more fun to do it in weird ways. I that was a fun game. Um, I really liked, oh. honestly, most of the week. I think it. It's been a. Last week was a fun week. I think this week's gonna be like almost a letdown for people who was, who are continuing to expect like mass chaos. Um really, I think like the only game that's gonna I think potentially shock people is BYU in Oregon. And I, I don't think it should shock
0: people.
1: Oh well, there's a little teaser. Why don't we uh, get into that on the other side of the break?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: Well, that was fun. I I continue to love that drop every single time we play it. And can, since you can't hear it, I feel like you had to judge based on when I stopped dancing. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I I can see it moving on the, the, the on the display. I just can't hear it. Um, last week you couldn't hear it, <laughs> so which is I, depressing. I uh, we need an actual producer, not me sitting here with buttons, ah, I'm not knowing what I'm doing. So much more but fun this way. Ex- of the week, you teased it. You're on this BYU Oregon game. So you said that people might be surprised. Is that because you think
2: uh, Oregon? Uh, so Oregon's still Nicks, public.
1: Think Bo Nix is still going to throw uh, throw another have another five touchdown no. game like he did against East Washington.
2: No, I do not. I I'll say this. I think that Oregon continues to be publicly overrated. Um, I don't think this is a I don't. I don't want to sit here and say like Oregon's a bad team. I just think that it's going to take some time for them to kind of get in their rhythm. And the fact that they're rolling out a Bo Nix, who's, I mean, he's averaging six point four yards per attempt. Um, yes, he is completing seventy percent of his passes because he's he's not taking shots downfield. They're just this is not a team that's going to put up big numbers. And to be honest with you. Their defense, while I don't... It's hard to say anyone gets exposed when you're playing against Georgia. I, I don't think this is a defense you can anticipate holding even a hobbled BYU team under 30. Um, and, I was going to
1: say 27 and a half, but... Okay.
2: Is that is that the team total? I turtle? don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I would look at it 20 if it was I would bet the over on 27 and a half I would probably bet the under on 30 and a half I'd be right there in the
2: middle okay so I mean I would say I think that the public is gonna potentially be surprised by this BYU team which is entering this game as a three and a half point under or, yeah three and a half point underdog uh, early in the week it was four the money has kind of shifted um, come in enough to push that BYU line. I will say this. I think if Puka and Nakua were playing, we'd be looking at pretty close to a pick. And I honestly think that most of this line is, it's an Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was very, going into the show, um, I, I modified some of my picks right before we decided to start recording. I had up uh, two and a half units on this game. I had a unit and a half on BYU plus the three and a half points. And I had a, a unit on the money line. I decided to, I guess, reallocate some of mine based on some other games that I, I felt a tiny bit better about, particularly with the BYU injuries. But I mean, I have BYU outright favored in this game by. I have them as a three point favorite against Oregon. Um, and that does factor in Autzen. Um So I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm taking the points right now. I'll take three and a half points. I think that's sort of an easy one for me. And I, I would say if for like Saturday morning, Friday afternoon, we start to get rumblings that Nakua's back, sprinkle a little bit on the money line there, because I think if you can get anywhere above plus 135, yeah, it's it's probably worth it to just take a shot.
1: I, I'm with you on this one. Uh, Oregon Homer here is uh, taking... BYU plus three and a half. I'm only putting a half unit on it, just out of principle, um, because the, the principle being I don't like Howard. winning money. Apparently, um, I, I I saw that um, this is kind of cool. Like BYU, everyone knows like that they go out and play big games, um, but they um, they are straight up five and O oh in their last five against Pac-12 opponents. So they are no stranger to winning. Um, in the pack 12. So, I, I, I do think you are onto something with this pick. I'm joining you with it. Um, it was already on the show sheet. I, I do also like the money line. Um, but just just in case something gets wacky and weird, uh, I'll take the points. I do think that, uh, the under was something that I was, uh, tempted to play to. I think it's at 58 right now. Um, without the explosive, um, watching BYU last week they like to use Chase Roberts an awful lot they use him more in the short to the short to intermediate passing game not a lot of de- deep shots you already mentioned Bo Nix's um inability or whether it's inability or lack of offensive play style to, to stretch the defense to go deep this is going to be a game that's played vertically, I mean not vertically horizontally um and I think it'll the, the clock is going to be rolling an awful lot so I, I'm kind of leaning under 58, but uh, it's not a bet I'm making for the show. I have played it in real life. Yeah, we're both on BYU. What uh, Where do you want to go next here? What's uh, your most confident play of the week? Let's start there.
2: Do I have one? Um, I don't think Indiana's that good. I think Western Kentucky can still score points. Um, I don't think Western Kentucky is anything like they were last year, and I think I'm pretty sure I have a future bet on their win total. Well, oh, I don't. Oh, no, I'm disappointed by that. Um, But I think seven and a half or seven points is too much for this Western Kentucky team that is going to be able to score points. Um, I'm putting a unit and a half down on Western Kentucky to cover seven points at Indiana. Yeah,
1: um, I like that one. I think, I mean, Indiana had that weird win um, against Illinois, right? And I think maybe that's boosted them a little bit, but they didn't look all that good. Uh, Basilock basically connected on two big passing plays, um, and that was their offense, two plays. And um, it's not very consistent for me. I, I like that play a lot. My biggest play of the week is I want, I'm putting two units on Georgia, first half minus 13 and a half. If you look at what Georgia has been doing to opponents in the first half so far this year, it's just uh, plain, um, It's it's just really rude. Uh, they were up 28 to three against Oregon um, famously scoring on their first seven drives, uh, you know, and then they were up 30 to nothing against Sanford uh, before just stopping because um, Kirby uh, has ties to the AD over at Sanford. Anyway, um, I think they go up big. I don't think South Carolina is all that good. We've seen Spencer Rattler. Uh, when he's trying to perform at an elite level, he makes a lot of really boneheaded decisions. Um, I put two units on this because this one is my favorite
2: play of the week. I do like that one. Um, I don't think a whole lot of South Carolina right now. I'll be honest. they're It's depressing. I wanted them to be good with Spencer Rattler. I wanted it like, to be fun. Yeah. I wanted them to be a really fun team. And uh, I'll be honest, they're just they're not that fun um so yeah i'm i would just say i'm disappointed i wanted to root for them more frequently (laughs) um but not angry i'm
1: disappointed
2: i i'll be honest i I do just think that george is kind of a steamrolling teams um and i i won't really be too shocked if they just kind of go out there and beat everyone to a pulp the way they did oregon so yeah i'm i'm with you on that one um first half plays always get a little sketchy because you never know like if they're up by 10 are they going to try and score again um but i think that georgia right now why do i why would i ever think they're just going to be only up by 10 they'll probably be up by 14 after first quarter (laughs) yes um all right here's another shared play it's um michigan state plus three and a half at washington um Washington actually lets up a fair bit of explosiveness on the defensive side of the ball to the running game. Um, And I think that's meaningful because I do expect um, Washington or not Washington. I do expect Michigan state in a road game to go out there and lean on the running game. So I think if they're going to be able to find some success in big play opportunities against this Washington team, I think that's probably a positive. Like, I think it, you'd be more concerned if this was a defense that you tried to exploit through the air. And I think, I don't know, I I just expect Michigan state to go out there and play pretty well against a defense that probably matches up to their strengths. I have Michigan as a slight favorite in the game, uh, or as Michigan state is a slight favorite. So yeah, I I'm not going to touch the money line, but I think three, uh, three and a half is too many points. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's, it probably should be pretty close to a pick Um, so that's kind of my thought on it. So yeah, where's,
1: where's your head at? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want Michigan state and the points here. Um, Washington, we still don't know much about this team, Uh new quarterback, new coach, and it's all looked fine and dandy. But like we said, with Miami, they haven't played anyone. They played Portland state and they played someone else. Uh, Kent State. Um, and while they won those games convincingly, like we've seen Penix before um, in like playing against Michigan State. And I just I just can't trust him. I, I don't think that they score enough points. I, I I lean the under in this one as well. Uh, but it's 56 and a half. Who knows what can happen? There could be some defensive scores. Um, I think Michigan State is the better team. Uh, I uh, yeah, I just I like what Michigan State has going on with their with the running back room. Jalen Burgers looked really good for them. Um, Broussard's Broussard. Broussard. Yeah, has uh, been fine too. I I think they're gonna have a have a pretty good day on the ground against Washington, um, and I think they keep it close. And to your point, I think they could just uh, come out and win this thing. I like that. I do. That's and I, I don't remember how much. I oh yeah, I have one unit on this one. Um, my my next favorite play, um, second only to Georgia is I. I think Nebraska's done. Like some people might be saying, "Oh, Frost is gone, they're going to get up and play." Um, I think Oklahoma steamrolls them. Honestly, I don't think Nebraska's that good of a team. Um, as we have seen, they have really really struggled um and I don't think it's all just Scott Frost's fault. Yeah, some of it's his fault, but uh being be, being beaten by Georgia Southern is a uh, is a real problem. So I will take Oklahoma. Um, what's the best I can get? Is it minus 11? Minus 11 and a half, maybe. Um, That's I, know. I know what move. I, I played this one myself at minus 11 earlier this uh, this week, so I'm not sure what's at now. But um, 11, 11 and a half, I don't care. Um, I'm putting one and a half units on Nebraska.
2: Nope, on Oklahoma. Uh, I think they want to be on Nebraska and lay points. Deal. <laughs> um i don't yeah my brain isn't on right now um it looks like the best you can get is i could probably search and be way faster than i'm being right now uh it looks like the best you can get is 11 oh no you can get 10 and a half
1: oh perfect i want that 10 and a half that's so fun that's a full point
2: um i'm with you i i tend to think that the mirage of interim coach brings juice is just that it's a mirage. Um, So I'm really just trying to uh, stay away from a team that there's a lot of question marks about. And I think this Oklahoma team is, I don't think they're amazing. I don't think this is like a playoff team, but I do think that they're going to be pretty quality all year.
1: Yeah. And I think they, they had a really slow start last week and then got things going. I think, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, they all also have a new, New quarterback, new coach, similar, but they just have a lot more talent than than Nebraska does, and they didn't have to fire their coach to three games into the season for Nebraska, I guess. Which also save your seven and a half million. Don't be ridiculous. Let's move on. What's your next pick?
2: That was dumb. That was dumb. So dumb. (laughs) Um, All right, my next favorite play, and this is going to be a theme for me this season: Um, Ohio State Toledo under sixty two and a half. so last week Ohio State gave up 12 points to Arkansas State. And I think they saw that game as like a huge failure because they let uh they let Arkansas State get to the get beyond the 40-yard line 6 times during the game and let them score field goals on 4 of those trips. I genuinely think they've spent this whole week saying, "All right, let's try and keep that number even lower." And so I think we're Gonna continue to see the evolution of this defense. Uh, it does appear that everyone is healthy, uh, with uh, at least on defense, because there was some concern that the uh Mike Hall, interior defensive lineman for Ohio State, who has been really a game wrecker, uh, that he was going to miss time, and it seems like he's fine and will be available. It it looks like we're also getting the return of Jackson Smith and Jigbo, which is moderately concerning to a 62 and a half because he could score 62 and a half by himself. Um, But yeah, I I think this is another game where Ohio state, uh, Ohio state has a history of really not trying to kill uh, in state teams. If you're, if you're a max school, if you're um, an FCS program, they, if they brought you into Ohio stadium, they, they kind of are trying to help out your program and so I think there's a, a decent shot that they they kind of call the dogs off once they get over, like, 35. And, yeah, you might still see their backup score, but they're not going to score on, like, a two-play, bombing-over-you type of drive. So, yeah, I, I think – I'll be honest. I think this one probably ends around, like, 54. But I wouldn't – I probably – if it drops below 60, I get a little bit nervous. So, Yeah. That's that's pretty much where my head's at on this one. Keep it under 62.5. I've got a unit and a half on it, though, so I do feel fairly confident this will be not low scoring, but it'll be low scoring enough for one side that'll keep us well underneath the total.
1: That that sounds good to me. I, I trust you when it comes to things Ohio State. Um, and I'm not biased you, at all. No, but I, I think if you're just like outright picking them every week no matter what, that's one thing. But having a play on the the under because you've understood how they kind of want to play these games, that that's, that's something that we can all learn from. I'm going to stick in my backyard for this next one. We've got um, Colorado Buffalo uh, going up to play the Minnesota golden gophers. The golden gophers still one of the better mascot names in all of all of sports. Really? Um, Colorado is absolutely Garbage. They are a very, very bad team, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, we've talked about them plenty because we, we were, I'm on the under for their three, three win t- team total or whatever, however it goes. So, I want all the action I can get. um I wanted to split this one up a little bit. So, I'm going Minnesota over 34 and a half, and taking Minnesota minus 18 and a half. My only concern uh, with not just taking the straight line is because uh 27 and a half is a pretty big number and I could see Minnesota with the amount that they run the ball. So I don't know where I left off after being interrupted, but I am on uh because Colorado is so terrible. I'm on Minnesota over 34 and a half to- team total um and minus 18 and a half uh and I'm getting the, the same game parlay there's a uh, minus 135.
2: I like it. Um I have a few spots that I, I like remaining. Um, probably my favorite one on the board that's going to make you like feel really gross is I'm going to place a unit on Fresno State plus 13 and a half at USC. USC has pretty much looked like kind of a buzzsaw so far this season. They've uh, made Rice look really bad. They um, really kind of could have picked their number against Stanford. And it does kind of seem like the final score was not necessarily how that game could have ended. Um, so I'm going, but my concern is I, I don't know that they've played a team that is really capable of threatening them offensively, um, or threatening their defense, I should say. And I think Fresno state is capable. So even though they lost their head coach last year, Fresno state is still averaging, um, Six point nine yards per play, almost five hundred and twenty-five yards of offense per game. Uh, Jake Hayner, I mean, he's averaging eight point five yards per attempt. While he's only thrown three touchdowns, he is uh, already thrown for seven hundred thirty-seven yards. I just sort—I think this is an, a spot where um, they're going to really challenge this USC defense. And to be honest with you, while uh, they haven't thrown a lot of touchdowns, they're—they've been rushing fairly effectively and they're going up against a USC defense that really is not that strong defensively against the run. So if this game stays tight, I would expect it to be because of the fact that Fresno state is able to effectively run, extend drives and keep this game a little bit closer than maybe the general public would think. And I, like I said, I think 13 and a half is just a little bit too much. I I think Fresno state's going to lose. Um, but I think they're probably going to lose by either 10 or 13 points. Um, And because I'm more confident in um, that, I'm willing to make this move. I think it'll probably be like 10.
1: Yeah. I wanted to fight you when I saw this, but I, your, your logic is sound enough. Like I agree that USC is going to win this game. Um, I think it will probably be by two touchdowns or more. Um, But I don't know Fresno that well and USC um has been super fun but they've also relied on like some defensive touchdowns and stuff like that so I'm curious uh, to see uh what this kind of uh this type of competition like it's very different than Stanford or whatever I forget what FCS or almost By FCS. the way I
2: can only get 12 and a half. I don't know why I have 13 and a half on here so 12 and a half. Oh, it nah, moved I'm a kidding. little bit. I'm still still on my side.
1: I won't. I won't fight you, but um, you want to, but I. I wouldn't bet it. How about that? A lot of these I don't like. Join you on, but I still bet them after we get off the show or during the show sometimes. Um, but this is not one that I'll be joining you on. Um, coward. You know uh, who's a really bad team? I, I'm kind of picking on on shit teams this week, um, and that's our South Florida Bulls. Um, I know that we both. Love Ajo Ajo, but he's even probably not playing this week. Um, or a Jew Aju, Aju, Aju I don't know how to say his name. Uh South Florida is a very, very bad team. Um, they only um I mean BYU put up 50 on him. Howard was able to score 20 on him. Their average that their defense is allowing an average of 314 yards per game. Again, one of those games being against Howard. Um, not great. Meanwhile, Florida is um they want to get the run going again. I think they want Anthony Richardson to get um, get his speed under him, uh, kind of ramp up for SEC play. Um, it's just around the corner here, so um, I think they want to put on a show, uh, get up big early. And I don't think South Florida is going to be able to do anything. So the Lions twenty four and a half. But you know me, I'm not scared of those big numbers. Um, give it to me, baby.
2: Um, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right. right, So you like going up against bad teams, right? We established attack bad teams. What was the team I said was really bad in the preseason? UNLV.
1: Okay. I was like, there's a lot to choose from. I
2: said a lot of bad teams, but UNLV, um, I think they've really. They've made people believe that they're not quite as terrible as we thought. And while I do think that they have shown improvement from last year. um, I mean, they they destroyed an Idaho State team and then they played a close ish game with Cal. I think what we're going to see now is them on even playing field with a team um, North Texas. And I don't think this game is worth more or is should be more than a field goal. Yeah, give me, give me three and a half points, North Texas. I got a unit down on them catching three and a half points. So, I I think this is a game. I believe Austin on is playing. Um, and if so, I I'm fine with that because he's he's quality.
1: Yeah, I wanted to Four fight garbage you a little schools. bit. Yeah, I wanted to fight you a little bit on this one just because I I like the wide receiver room in um, UNLV, but. Uh, yeah, uh, Travis and I on the College to Canton podcast, we're talking about some of those boys and um, men. They're very good. I, mean,
2: I love Kyle Williams. I and think Ricky I'm White near,
1: is very good too. He's
2: fine, but I'm near 100% ownership of uh, Kyle Williams in like C to C leagues. But that's awesome. He's, I think this is a, I mean, for as much as like you pointed out, they were throwing like 350 yards a game. Last week, they threw for against a a more real team. They threw for 206 yards and one touchdown and one interception. So I I think that that we're going to see that this UNLV team, when they start playing teams that are in their own realm, they're not going to be favored. They shouldn't be favored by more than a field goal against most teams. So, yeah, give me that.
1: It's yours. It is yours. I want to pick on another team that I think is not good. Maybe even bad, and that's the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They are hosting. The, They're hosting Ole Miss, and I, you know me, I love Ole Miss. I don't care if it's Jackson Dart or Luke. Luke, I want Zach Evans, and I forget the name of this. um I don't know why I, I wrote about him in the article. I'm going to talk about His him. His name's in a,
2: Ulysses Bentley.
1: No, 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 not even him. I'm talking about Quinshawn Judkins, um, oh, the freshman. Who uh, has been seeing some work in mop-up duty? Uh, who I think could have a pretty big game. So um, I am all about the Ole Miss life. I want the first half spread of minus seven and a half. Um, I think they get up big early. I don't think Georgia Tech um, hangs with them early. I think maybe Ole Miss takes the the foot off the gas like they did earlier this year. And 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 that's that's my concern with taking the the, the full game spread, the minus sixteen and a half. Is just that we saw. Um, we saw what Ole Miss did earlier this year against uh, against Troy, where at halftime they just kind of slowed down. So uh, give me the first half, minus seven and a half, um, whatever people who like Ole Miss say. Go Rebs. I hate that.
2: All right. I'm going to knock out one more um, because I fight you on one more after it. Let's do our fight last. Okay. Um, all right. App State did too much last week. Um, they managed to play decent defense against maybe one of the more atrocious good team offenses in the country. And I think they're going to play mediocre defense against a bad team, um, this week. And I don't entirely know why App State is getting more than 10 points against a lot of teams because this App State team is okay. They're not good. They're not great. They're okay. Um, so give me Troy plus 12 and a half. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this one. This one was my my numbers and S&P plus both think this number looks silly. So I like it. I silliness.
1: Like <laughs> um, no, I, I think, you know, baiting a team after a huge victory like that, uh can never go wrong. Uh, I'm sure they're they probably think they can sleepwalk through this one. Uh so twelve and a half is a nice number. I wouldn't be surprised if they go down, um, go down early and uh, have to fight their way back Um, in this one. It's kind of a a sleepy start. Um, All right, I want to take a team that has not covered the spread in their last games. I'm talking about a team just right up the road for me, the Colorado State Rams. 0-8 straight up in their um, last eight games. And as I said, they just can't even cover. So give me the Washington State Cougars, um, also coming off a, a very big win. Um, last week against Wisconsin. Um, we like Cameron Ward. We think he's good. I am excited to see what Washington State does. They are nine and three against the spread in their last 12. So they are definitely um a team that is uh is, is fun to be backing right now. So the line's not huge. Um, I mean, it's bigger than maybe I would like, <laughs> but minus 16 and a half. Um, I feel pretty good about it. So I'm putting uh just half a unit on that one, but uh I am rolling with
2: that one. I like that one a lot. I, I looked at it. Um, I'm going to be writing about that game later tonight. Um, so I think I'm going to probably be on your side. Um, if, not, if not, shoot me a text and I'll edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I love gross unders. Yeah, Iowa State, and, they, and they hit and they hit. <laughs> they hit yeah. last week. Iowa, Iowa State. I don't think Iowa State's offense is is very good. I think Ohio's offense is just okay. And I think the that one of these teams wants to pass a little bit too much considering that the game's going to be fairly windy. So give me Ohio and Iowa State under 49. I, I think this game's going to be like 24 to 17. Um, I don't see a lot of success on the offensive side of the ball and I'm definitely not afraid of either one of these offenses. So yeah, I will be placing one unit on the under in Iowa state and Ohio because sure seems fun.
1: I will definitely trust you with that one. Uh, that sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, wake forest is a super fun offense. I really enjoy them. And now they have Sam Hartman back and they put up 45 points last week. Um, albeit against a Vanderbilt team that is not, um, spectacular. Uh, they are playing, um, they're welcoming in the Liberty Flames, and um, I'm just not high on Liberty. I don't think they're a very good team. Uh, they did go out and beat UAB last week. Um, oh, we also don't think UAB is that good. So uh, Liberty are... for yourself. I love me some UAB Blazers. Yeah, well, I mean, the Dragon is cool, so we'll give them that. Um, but they are 1-5 uh, against the spread in the last six road games, or 3-6 against the spread in the last nine overall. Um, I like Wake Forest a lot. I love this offense. I think A.T. Perry has a field day um, with Sam Hartman, and this is a, a pretty easy cover for us at 16 and a half. I like these big numbers. Yeah. But I maybe we should stay away in the future. <laughs> I'm realizing I have so many big numbers and uh, not a great record on the year so far, but they just feel right
2: to me. And that's why public loves favorites. Um yeah. All right, so here's where we're fighting, and I think you and I have been fighting about this all week. Um, you think Syracuse is awesome, right? I
1: think relatively. Offense, I think their offense has is exactly what I was hoping Virginia is, and and it's no it's no um, secret why. Like the offensive coordinator went from Virginia to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert and I is there, and he's put together a really really fun offense. Um, I think Schrader is really good. We've been talking about Sean Tucker for a year and a half now. Um, he's an excellent, excellent running back. And Purdue, I like Aiden O'Connell fine, but I just don't think they're special. And in the dome, things can get, be- things can I get guess cool.
2: Here's my question. Who's better, Penn State or Syracuse? Because Purdue should have beat Penn State. Sure, but that's not how college football works. Oh, I know. I just
1: think like, that like, I, if, I think Garren Schrader's that- I hear what you're saying. And like um that's what I think this game is a shootout, and I think that Aiden is gonna have one too many big turnovers
2: and it's gonna cost on the game. That's I, I can think. respect that. I have Purdue as an outright favorite by about five points. So for me, this was one of my instantaneous I'm jumping on this side. Um, give me a point and a half just, you know, in case Syracuse realizes they're the worst team all game and tries to go for a two-point conversion late. Um, but I like I said, I think I've had Purdue as a as a pretty quality team all year. They're in the like so the fun thing about my power rating right now is that everything from about six to fifty is all within the same range of points as like one to six. So they're in that mess of points from like kind of gross range. And Syracuse isn't yet. Syracuse is still kind of below that threshold for me. I think they're going to be able to score points, but I, I don't see them getting a lot of stops. And I do think Purdue is a little bit more capable of getting stops in this game, but it also might just be your favorite game of the weekend because it'll be super fun and high scoring. Yeah, it'll be super fun. <laughs> I mean um, the play on this one might just be uh, what's the what's the total on this one? Like it has to be like the total is sixty. It's sixty. Oh god. All right. Uh, I'm taking half of a unit off of Western Kentucky. <laughs> uh, I know I'm putting I'm it make, on the over. And I'm putting it on the over because that number's silly seasoned. So Purdue I is,
1: same I same game parlayed this Purdue game that we're talking about. I have Syracuse Moneyline um um parlayed with over 49 and a half and that gives me plus 135
2: your same game parlays are silly but i do like that one <laughs> more so than i, I mean i don't they're like they're
1: silly but i win them a lot
2: so yeah. <laughs> i just got to confirm your number on 60 and then i'm going to i will have that on there but so, i think this game's going to have a lot of scoring and i don't think there will be a ton of defense but i think when you do see some stops It'll be from the Purdue side, which is, I honestly, I just think a better team. Um, yeah, 60. Ooh, I can get a 59 and a half. There we go.
1: <laughs> there you go. So uh, it's, an early game, it's an early game, too. So I, I just love waking up early and seeing offense. <laughs> it's the best.
2: I like that you say early, like noon.
1: Well, yeah.
2: Some of us live on the East Coast. The correct coast. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, that's, that was fun. Um, let's, let's do it.
1: Um, run down your plays for the week.
2: All right. I've got BYU plus three and a half at Oregon. I've got Michigan state plus three and a half at Washington. I've got Western Kentucky plus seven at Indiana, North Texas plus three and a half at UNLV Fresno state plus 12 and a half at USC. I'm really on my unders love this week. Uh, yeah. Oh. I, Oh, uh, Iowa and, Ohi- and Ohio under 49. Purdue plus one and a half at Syracuse. Uh, a one and a half unit play on Ohio State and Toledo under 62 and a half, Troy plus 12 and a half at Appalachian State. And a half unit on Purdue and Syracuse over 59 and a half.
1: Uh, Love it. <laughs> um, I've got... I- I'm kind of... I've got... <laughs> an interesting batch of plays if it's not a huge double unit uh not double unit if it's not a huge double digit spread um then it's like an underdog so my, my big spreads of the week i've got oklahoma minus 10 and a half i've got L- wake minus 16 and a half wazoo minus 16 and a half and minnesota minus 18 and a half and team total over 34 and a half I've also got Florida minus 24 and a half against Southern Florida. Uh, I've got uh, two units on the first half of the Georgia South Carolina game. I'm on Georgia minus 13 and a half. Um, I'm on the first half minus seven and a half for Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. And we talked about Syracuse money line and the over 49 and a half. And then my two dogs of the week, I've got Michigan State plus three and a half and BYU plus three and a half. So, quite the rundown. All right, let's get into it. DFS. That was fun. So, this is a weird, weird week. Um, there are not a lot of super fun um, wide receivers. Uh, available in my opinion, I, I wasn't very excited about uh, about the slate when it came to the, the receiver position. So, kind of my um, most of my builds this week uh, for my my tournament plays, I've been paying up at running back and just letting the wide receivers kind of. Uh, I've I found a few that I like to kind of rotate between. Probably my favorite play of the week is Chase Roberts, who we talked about earlier, the wide receiver for BYU. Uh, with Nakua and Romney both likely out, um, he will be the primary target getter. Uh, last week, he had eight receptions for 122 yards. He also threw a touchdown pass. Um, we saw how Georgia exploited this Oregon defense with a lot of um, short passes with misdirection. That's exactly how they'll use Trace Roberts. He's only 3200 bucks, so he is in a lot of my lineups. <laughs> So he's, he's probably my favorite play overall on the week.
2: I mean, I need to pull up in DraftKings right now. But, I mean, I like the the logic. I think if yeah. uh, Nakua and Romney are out, you need to look for ways to get pieces of that offense. And I think that looking cheap is probably the strategy.
1: Yeah, so so my my, my favorite quarterback plays of the week are in the game we just talked about. Um, I like Garrett Schrader. He's only six thousand four hundred, and he's been absolutely crushing so far with eight total touchdowns through two games. And then I like Aiden O'Connell at seven thousand five hundred. I think that's a really reasonable price as well. And um, I just think this is going to be uh, a bit of a shootout. So I like I like getting both of these guys. I like getting um, getting some exposure to this game. Uh, one of the things I like about Schrader too is I don't feel it necessary to. Uh, stack him with one of his receivers because he does do so much on the on the ground. Uh, that being said, if you are wanting to stack him, I like going with the cheapest option in cooper, who happens to also be leading the team um with receptions I believe um I don't have that pulled up right now, but I looked at that earlier so um that would be a really really cheap stack where you're getting uh Syracuse's number one uh receiver and their quarterback for like less than 10k <laughs> so. so that's yeah that's kind of where i'm at on um on quarterbacks my fade at quarterback this week i'm I'm gonna have no, no ben bryant for cincinnati i know they're um i know they're a pretty heavy favorite but he doesn't add any on the ground and I, I could see them just leaning on their run game
2: um to kind of put this one away
1: how do you see the quarterback position this week
2: Yeah. See, I think my fades on this week would probably be as like, as weird as it sounds, I think I might be fading, um, Clayton tune. I'm a little worried about Kansas pulling, uh, like take the air out of the ball strategy. Um, and tune may have limited opportunities and they, they haven't really been as explosive this year as you would have really hoped. Um, so i don't know that i would be jumping at the opportunity to throw tune in lineups uh i do kind of like rocky lombardi um for northern, for northern illinois against uh vanderbilt um I, the only concern there is is basically vanderbilt trying to slow the game down because they, they i think that's going to be their style is to try and really when they start to play teams that are just as good as them i think the goal is going to be to slow it down and that as a slight dog in this game, they may may pull that out. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you on the uh, O'Connell and Schrader plays. So, yeah. Yeah. And
1: if you want to get get crazy, Bo Nix is only five thousand five hundred. But yeah, uh, don't, don't play
2: think... Bo Nix. Just, just <laughs> play Jaron Hall.
1: Yeah. Jaron Hall is not quite as um, expensive as he was last week, but he is still six thousand seven hundred um, yep. at running back. Uh, there's a lot of really fun plays. Um, I like Zach Evans um, at 6,500, an awful lot. Um, I, Ole Miss has the highest implied uh, team total um, this week on the slate. So I think he is a super fun uh, super fun running back to to have because we do know that they like to run the ball at Ole Miss. If you want to a deeper option there, Quinshawn Judkins has been getting a lot of the work, and he's only 3,500. Uh, So so I like him there as well. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is only 6,300, but he didn't play last week because of an injury. But if you want to wait and see, I think he could have an absolutely great game against um, Southern Alabama. I think they're playing. Uh, Tank Bigsby is only 5,600. I I guess that kind of comes down to what you think happens in that Penn State-Auburn game. I kind of think Auburn takes care of business uh, at home. I don't love Penn State. Um, I don't love Auburn either, but I think they just lean lean on Tank, and he has a monster game. Mick um, Singleton had a big game last week. The The freshman kind of had his breakout game. He's only 5,300 on the other side there, so um, that could be pretty interesting as well. Any of those running backs? Trey Potts, by the way, the, uh, the second second guy for Minnesota, has been getting tons of work. Colorado has been giving up touchdowns over the ground. Uh, left and right. They uh, are not good defensively. Um, I will be paying up for Muhammad Ibrahim, the starter there uh, in Minnesota in a couple, but he is (laughs) 9,400. So quite, quite a bit, quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I mentioned him earlier. I think Chris Brooks is a, is a fun semi expensive play option to get into a couple of lineups. Um, I mean, I don't have anyone super-duper high. I like King Daru just as a player against Syracuse, um, and I think there's some value there. And I think Corey Kiner uh, against, uh, for Cincinnati against Miami is probably the Cincinnati running back I would be targeting.
1: Yeah, I yeah. like him too. And, beyond uh, that. Kiner's only 5,500. Daru's only 5,700. So really easy to, to get yeah, those so guys be,
2: in. Beyond those two, I, I I mean, I don't have a ton. But like you said, there's not a ton of um, really great wide receivers on this slate. And if you're going to be going a little bit cheaper on wide receiver, then figure out ways to get like an Ibrahim or. um, Heck, Brandon Campbell's kind of interesting at 6,700. So I think there's a lot of fun options. And if you're not paying up at wide receiver this week, kind of exploit it.
1: Yeah, let, let's talk about wide receiver. Uh, Marvin Mims comes in at the highest at 8,900. Northern Illinois' Cole Tucker, who, I mean, if you wanted to go Rocky Lombardi, Rocky's pretty cheap, so you you could probably get a, a, a decent stack there. But um, then Charlie Jones has been Purdue's offense so far. Um, I've, I've built a few stacks with O'Connell and Charlie Jones. But again, at 8,000, that's quite a bit. And then Nathaniel Dell just continues to get 20 points um, a week, it seems like. He is um, 7900 so so not cheap, but definitely you can definitely get him in there, especially when you're playing a guy like Chase Roberts, who I talked about earlier. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Nathaniel Dell this week, um, Charlie Jones. A guy I'm fading uh, this week is Theo Weiss. Uh, Theo Weiss is the fifth most expensive wide receiver on the week, yet through uh, two games he has only six receptions and 74 yards. If you want an Oklahoma guy, if you want to go with Dylan Brook, uh, Dylan Gabriel, who's super expensive and want to, um, stack him with Marvin Mims, good luck trying to fit the rest of your lineup in, but you might be able to find something. But if you want to go t- cheaper, I like Drake Stoops at 4,300. Um, I'd rather do that than Theo Weiss. I just don't see, uh, Theo Weiss um, adding much value to your lineup, um, at $7,700. Um, so uh, I also like um, a couple of cheaper plays that I like in Daywood Davis. I think uh, you talked about Western Kentucky's offense earlier on the, in the show, um, and uh, I I think Reed is a, a really decent quarterback and capable of getting um, their receivers in, involved. Malachi Corley is like the most expensive receiver for Western Kentucky, but so far Davis is actually out producing him. So uh, for five thousand two hundred, um, I'm happy to go with with him, and then uh, Trey Palmer. Um, yeah, Nebraska is having a a rough time, but he is averaging six receptions a game. He pretty much is their passing game. So uh, for four thousand two hundred Trey Palmer's a nice kind of uh, pivot play to to get
2: some some cheap, easy points. Yeah, I um, if you're looking for someone who's inexpensive but scores a lot of points, Mac Hippenhammer for Miami. Good um, name too, right. Um, Cincinnati's defense is, is stingy, but you're only paying 5,100 and he's, I mean, he's averaging 18 points a game and it isn't a really like with only two games on the slate or with only two games on your schedule. Sometimes that gets really lopsided. If you look, his low end game was only 15 points. I think this may end up being a little bit, um, that offense just tries to find ways to get him the ball, um, in a game where they'll be pretty overmatched. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm kind of, I, I think we're at the point now where. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say try and get Lorenzo styles in your lineup, but to be honest, I don't know that I really want much of Notre Dame right now. I think they might yeah. be kind of a mess. Uh, I guess my one question on the expensive guys, and this is a 7,000 receiver. Do you think this is the week where Brock Bowers just kind of puts up like a stupid high number? Because I could see him. Like right, he's only averaged seven points a game so far. I could see this being like the two touchdown game for him. And I guess the only concern is at seven thousand dollars you you almost need two touchdowns from yeah. him yeah. for him to return value because you're realistically you're you're trying to get roughly three X on um on seven thousand, so you're trying to get twenty one points. Yeah, I'd rather almost play Kenny McIntosh
1: and the Flex for six thousand seven hundred.
2: Yeah, so I I think while I really like Bowers and if I if I have the space for him, I'll probably try and figure out a way to get him in. But I don't necessarily I think his price just because he's a tight end and to be honest, they're they're kind of distributing pretty well right now. Um that's probably one that is either just to, if you're if you're building off of running backs, he's a full fade. Because I don't think there's any way you can fit him in your lineup and like your lineup at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple other names just to throw out there, just to think about. Uh, Michael Trigg uh, for Ole Miss. Um, is only 3400 That's real cheap. Um, but again, probably not going to get a huge game, but he, uh, he'll be able to deliver value at that price. Um, I also uh, kind of am excited to see what Troy Franklin can do. Um, they were definitely... And again, I don't usually advocate for Oregon receivers, but they were targeting him heavily um, this last week, and it'll be interesting to see if that was just because they could against Eastern Washington, or if that's kind of a game plan moving forward for them, even against tougher, tougher competition. My, um, um, did you have you been have you been able to build
2: a lineup for this week? No. I well, I'll give you mine.
1: Are you going to try to do one real quick, or
2: um, yeah, I'll try and pull something together. It's fun. I'll,
1: I'll go through mine real quick. Um, so, uh, for my starting quarterback, I have Austin Reed. Um, I think Western Kentucky puts up a bunch of points this week. Um, the implied point total for them isn't huge. Um, but I don't really care. I think they will go over the 28 points that, that, uh, that is expected. Um, at running back, I'm going with Zach Evans for 6,500 and Eric Gray at 7,500. My, um, wide receivers. I'm my most expensive wide receiver is um Daywood Davis for Western Kentucky. So I have that stack there. And then uh, I'm going with uh, Trey Palmer from Nebraska and Chase Roberts, who I mentioned earlier from BYU. And then my flex is Sean Tucker. So maybe I should have led with that. Um, But yeah, I have Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, and Eric Gray all in this lineup, which is, is super fun. And then uh, my super flex is Garrett Schrader. Um, didn't really feel the need to have a stack with him because he does do so much on the ground. And I, I think that Sean Tucker and he could um, pretty much dominate this game. And I think Tucker being involved in the passing game is, is something we're going to see as well. So, so that, that is my lineup for uh, one of my GPP lineups for this week.
2: I'm not prepared yet, but I will throw, I'm so right now I have up. Uh, I, I have Rocky. Just give me like a minute. Yeah.
1: I have to edit enough anyway. I don't have anything going on tonight. I'm probably going to end up watching the bachelorette. Oh, that's fine. I recorded it.
2: (laughs) All right. So for my lineup, what I've, I've got kind of a unique, I want to, I'm really trying to go for a unique build on this one. So I've got Rocky Lombardi, um, at my quarterback, my super flex is Jaron hall. Um, because I do just think that's going to be two interesting plays. Um, Like I said, I like Corey Kiner. I like Chris Brooks. So I think those are the Chris Brooks and Jaron Hall stack basically means that if BYU plays really good offense, I'm going to do very well. Um, One guy that we didn't bring up when we were going through position is Brendan Strange out of Penn State. He's their tight end. He's only 3,800. He's averaging nine points a game. He's a really cheap option, and they are targeting him a fair amount. Um, because I went with Rocky Lombardi, I'm going to roll out Cole Tucker. Yes, he's pricey. Yes, he's worth it. Um, I'm going to stick with my guy, Mac Hippenhammer, because his name's Hippenhammer. No, I, I just, at at a price of 5,100, I do just think he's an easy fit. And I think he, I mean, he has been multiple years of getting heavy volume. Um, and I don't necessarily care if he's super efficient, super efficient, if he ends up with like 10 receptions in the game and then to round it all out. Um, I'm gonna roll in Trey Potts. I Colorado's hot garbage. They're um, terrible. They're I, I know I'm the one that talked you into the under on them. Um they're really garbage. Um, so I will be trying to get opportunities against that team as much as possible. Realistically, I also looked at Chris Ottman Bell, but I just don't I, I don't really trust that passing attack. And I think that if things even get like stalled out slightly in the passing game. They're just going to figure out ways to run the ball a lot. And this might be a game where Ibrahim and Potts each end up with like 15 plus touches. So if that's the case, I think you're looking at a very um, strong outcome for both of those backs. So I think because you have such a gap in their price, Potts is probably the one that I'm going to just go to. So I do have $200 left over in this lineup. I could probably play around and mess with it. Like I, I could I could get Charbonnet in there. Um in but I, I'll be honest. I, I think I like the uniqueness of this lineup and the fact that I'm probably not gonna have a ton of overlap on my guys. So
1: Yeah, I like all of your lineup except for Brooks. I just I don't think I think B like we we talk about this game a lot. I think uh Oregon's secondary is uh, much more exploitable then um well, Brooks catches passes okay let's go I like it I like it well there you have it um sure to be a huge week for us uh we're gonna win all our bets and our DFS lineups will be amazing um it's gonna be fantastic what game are you most looking forward to watching this weekend other than Ohio State
2: oh dang I was really gonna say that um Georgia Southern and UAB you get the fuck out of here I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Georgia Southern last year was a team that passed the ball like 25 times a game. They're averaging 51 pass attempts in Clay Hilton's first two games as head coach. That's crazy. You know how much fun that is? To take a team that was like, I'm going to be a pure run team and say, nah, let's change all of that and just chuck the ball around. That's so much fun.
1: Yeah. That is, I, 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 you know, I, you know, I'm here for the past game. I'm excited for the Michigan state Washington game. I think that'll be really interesting. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about, about both those teams. I'm actually not that excited about Penn state Auburn. Like I don't know. Really By the care. way, the
2: right answer is Miami and Texas A&M. That's sure. the right answer is that's the or, game that this week we're going to find out. Okay. Is Texas A&M purely fraudulent was last week, just a complete exploitation of that team or is Texas A&M they just hit a bump in the road and we're going to see that talent that they've amassed over the last like three recruiting or the last two recruiting cycles are we going to see them start to be like cuz to be honest they should be Georgia Light they should be the boa constrictor defense that just wears you down wears you down wears you down and they score just enough points to win
1: Yeah absolutely um I'm also curious for tomorrow night's game um Florida State Louisville uh, Louisville looked real bad against Syracuse, then looked real good last week. Maybe real good's a bit of a stretch, but Florida State um, has been uh, been talked about quite a bit already with Jordan Travis um, beating LSU. So I think we'll learn a lot about those teams too. Um, I'm not feeling great about my Louisville um, team win total, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be okay. Uh, because of that, maybe I'll put a lot on Florida State money line just to see what happens. Um, But yeah, anyway, uh, any final words for our good listeners?
2: Buy a Mechag Bucca.
1: All right, we'll talk to you all next week.